Hello and welcome to Eerie Earth. I'm your host Kieran, and I will be guiding you on your journey through the paranormal. Together we will learn about hauntings, dark tales and much more. So sit back, relax and join me as we explore this eerie earth. In this episode I will once again guide you below the bustling street of England's capital city to tell you more haunting tales of ghosts that plague some of the city's busiest underground stations. So allow me to tell you three original tales based on the infamous hauntings. Our first tale takes us to South Kensington Station. The ghost train of South Kensington Station. Phone calls, meetings, emails and deadlines, all thoughts that danced in his head as George left the office at 12pm on a crisp Friday afternoon in December. The city had been covered in a thick layer of snow as Christmas celebrations had begun with the joyous day just around the corner. George pulled his woolen scarf tighter around his neck as ice-cold breeze blew into his face as he entered through the entrance of the station. People rushing past him, clutching large packages and several shopping bags. As he walked down the slippery tile steps, taking his time, making sure he did not slip, he passed an elderly gentleman who was playing a violin, his wrinkled face taut with concentration as he slid the bow across the strings, creating a beautiful sound which filled the station. At his feet was an open violin case with red fabric inside, covered with coins from people who had walked past and enjoyed the sound of the Christmas songs being played. George smiled at the sight, a brief distraction from the whirlwind of thoughts that careened around his head. He was due to give a presentation at his company's head office later that day. This was hopefully going to close a business deal that they had been working on for a very long time. So it was a big day for him, and the nerves twisted and tangled inside of him with every step he took. George straightened his small round spectacles and pulled his coat closer, tighter, as he weaved through the mass of people through the station. He turned the corner and followed the long passageway. Movie posters and advertisements for perfume and the most recent mobile phone adorned the walls, plastered to the tiles, taking up most of the wall. Graffiti written on some of the tiles, people's names stating that they had been there. George quickened his pace, going from a walk to a trot, in the hopes that he would get to the train quicker as he waded through the sea of people coming in the opposite direction. As he turned another corner to the right, he was forced to stop as the wall of bodies blocked his path. Through the crowd, he could see the train waiting at the platform, allowing people to come off as he reached above the heads of the people, hoping with some miracle that the driver would see his waving hand and hold the doors for him. Unsurprisingly, it didn't work, and the train doors closed with a loud swoosh, and the train trundled to a start, disappearing through the dark opening of the tunnel and out of sight. George let out an exacerbated sigh as he waited for the crowd of people to leave the tunnel like cattle. As he stepped on the tiled train platform, he looked around and noticed a handful of people waiting for the next train. George sat back on a cold metal chair which was against the wall of the platform. 
As soon as his back hit the cold metal of the chair, the tunnel of the underground was filled with a large headlight bouncing off the wall, illuminating the black walls, showing all the wires and pipes which adorned them. Finally, George thought as he stood up looking around him. The platform was fairly empty. Only him and three other people were waiting for the train, a contrast to the amount of people who had come off the train before. As the light got closer to the platform, the clattering sound of the train was deafening, filling every inch of the tunnel with the sound. The sound was different, George thought, different from the metal snakes that weaved their way through the various tunnels that made up the underground. While the normal sound of the trains made a slight trundling sound, the screeching of the metal wheels on the tracks were distinct. The train made a loud chugging sound, the clattering of the tracks much louder. As the light got closer, George noticed a large, thick plume of smoke bellow out of the tunnel opening, which caused him to step back, and he noticed others on the platform do the same. Confusion plastered to all of their faces. As the smoke filled the platform with a loud whistle filling the air, high-pitched and piercing as loud steam train burst through the smoke. Its red body was distinct, shining through the smoke. Gold calligraphy adorned the side of the panels, the smoke clouding his vision, but George could notice the large black wheels of the train, large pistons pumping the wheels around, the deep chugging sound slowing down to a stop as the large locomotive pulled in, the smoke dispensing. George looked on in shock as he noticed a man hanging from the side of the train. He wore a peaked hat, white with a black brim and gold leaves stitched into the white fabric. He wore a white shirt, crisp and clean, and a smart black waistcoat, a black tie tucked in. Pressed and iron trousers led down to shiny black shoes, the light from the platform reflecting off them. When the train came to a complete stop, carriages disappearing off into the tunnel, George noticed there was something odd about the appearance of the train. It seemed to glow slightly, and he was sure he could see the underground sign on the wall behind it. Through the red panelling, but he thought he was just imagining it. As the passengers on the platform stared on in shock at the steam train coming through the tunnel, the man lifted his hat, his slick black hair perfect and still. He gave the onlookers a half smile. Suddenly, two beams of light filled the tunnel from behind the train and the familiar sound of the underground train came trundling along the tracks, the clattering of the wheels distinct and loud. A loud, deep horn filled the tunnel. Fear filled George's being as he jumped back from the platform. Thoughts of seeing a large train crash filled his mind. As the lights got brighter and the sound of the train got louder, the steam locomotive, which has just emerged from the tunnel mere seconds ago, slowly faded away. The smoke and the driver with it, as the metal underground train burst onto the platform, slowing to a stop. The doors opening with a swoosh, and the platform was filled with people emerging from the train. Through the crowd, George managed to catch the eye of one of the other passengers, who had witnessed the mammoth train emerge from the tunnel, and he shrugged his shoulders and got on the train, disappearing into the crowd. Tales of the mysterious train being witnessed in the South Kensington station date back to 1928, where the first sighting of the ghostly train was witnessed. 
It is said that the train which people have seen pulling into the station is not even a real train, and that no train that people are describing to have seen has ever existed. The most recent sighting of the train was back in 2013, but who knows, if you ever visit South Kensington, you may witness the spectral locomotive and its ghostly conductor. The Wailing Woman Wandering King's Cross Station Dark skies had fallen over the city and the streets were wet with a heavy rain that battered the pavements outside, large puddles forming underfoot, a sea of umbrellas bobbing up and down, hiding people underneath. Heavy raindrops pounded the canopy of black and white, a patchwork of monochrome covering the busy street. The sound of sloshing as buses and cars flew past, hitting large pools of water, sending it cascading over the poor, unaware pedestrians. Lights from the shop windows inviting shoppers in to browse their wares, the warmth clawing at their skin, invisible tendrils pulling people closer. Shanice weaved her way through the crowd of men and women who were walking with determination to get home from the office or a day exploring the thriving metropolis. She was eager to get home after a long hard day of work in the hospital. Her feet throbbed with pain and the burning sensation erupting, exploding with every step that she took. She darted to the left to avoid a large man in a smart suit who was barging his way through the crowd, bashing people aside like a snowplow bursting through a thick wall of compacted snow, her small stature dwarfed by his gigantic frame. As she lunged out of the way, her right foot disappeared into a deep muddy puddle and her blue trainer, useless against the river of water that gushed into her shoe, soaking her feet, her toes turning to ice as they bathed in their frozen tomb. She turned back to the man with a look of disgust plastered on her face and muttered profanities as he disappeared through the crowd of people. She did not have time to dwell on the rudeness of the mammoth battering ram before she was shoved in the back by another rushing three-piece tank. She fell to the ground, landing in a murky pool, her white coat stained brown with mud, the water dripping off her face as she coughed and spluttered. She got to her feet and tried to brush herself off, but the mud stuck to her like glue, her small hands spreading the brown gloop over her jacket. Frustrated and very angry, Shanice continued to follow the stampede of people down the road, knowing that King's Cross Station was coming up and she would be able to disembark from the river of bodies guiding her to an unknown destination. After several minutes, she was able to rush to the left and escape the mass of people into the relatively quiet station. The wall of bodies rushing past the doorway filled the entrance of the station with a dull moan of voices which seemed to echo in her ears as she rushed past newsstands and coffee shops. Passengers eating dinner outside of restaurants, the smell of the food slithering into her nostrils, her stomach twisting and turning, screaming with hunger, a grumble audible in her ears over the din of voices. As she jogged to find her platform, her eyes dancing all around looking for the large looming screens which told the visitors to the station where they needed to go to catch a ride home. Eventually, she was able to find a large black screen with yellow writing 
which flashed up names of towns and cities from around the country and the times the trains were leaving and where they were leaving from. She turned and looked for the escalators which led down to the depths of the station. A large sign with a giant arrow pointing to the underground adorned the wall behind her. Next to a large poster reminding visitors to visit platform 9 and 3 quarters for their chance of an excellent photo opportunity. This made Shanice smile. Through the horrendous day she was having, she was reminded of her love of the boy wizard and a memory of her first date with her boyfriend when he took her to King's Cross Station to get a photo of the famous platform. Her cold, shivering body was filled with a warmth which seemed to hug her tightly. She made her way down the metal steps of the escalators, her footsteps echoing through the tunnel into the deep warren that ran underneath the famous station. A train had just arrived, and a sea of people were coming towards her as she walked down the tunnel, clutching her orange and white ticket tightly in her hand. She waited as the mass of people passed her by and she was able to walk onto the platform. As her wet trainer squeaked off the tiles onto the tarmac of the platform, the train door closed and it began to trundle away. Shinny sighed and leant against the wall, resting her head against the cold tiles, her long dark hair cushioning her head. She removed her phone and a picture of her and her boyfriend flashed up on the screen. She smiled slightly at their images as they looked back at her. The time was 7pm and the platform was empty apart from another couple who were cuddling at the far end. She unlocked her phone, her fingers sliding on the glass and she clicked on the social media apps. Not that she ever got anything of interest on them, it was just to pass the time. As photos of her friends flashed up on the screen, she noticed something out of the corner of her eye. A woman had appeared on the platform. Her clothes were scruffy, torn and dirty. Her hair was untidy, reminded Shanice of a rugged crow's nest. Her skin was covered in dirt, dried blood barely visible through the mass of mud and soot on her arms. Her hands covered her face as she walked onto the platform, and Shanice swore she could hear the woman sobbing, a low, desperate cry. She lowered her phone, placing it in her pocket and turned to the other couple who were on the platform to see if they noticed the woman as well. The man caught her gaze and nodded, making his way over to her. He straightened his raincoat, tightened his woolen scarf as he approached. His girlfriend stood nervously behind him, biting her nails, her gaze never leaving her boyfriend. Shinny stood up straight and started to make her way over to the woman also, but the man put his hand out as if to tell Shanice to stop. She removed the lanyard from around her neck, showing her badge, her face plastered on the plastic, with the letters NHS plastered to the top. Next to her photo were the words Doctor. She nodded and the pair approached the woman. As the man reached her first, he asked if she was okay, his voice laced with nerves, but the woman did not respond. Shanice spoke, her voice was strong and confident, and she asked if the woman was okay if she needed help. Slowly her hands came down from her face and flopped by her side. She turned to the man and Shanice, and the skin on her face was peeling off. Large areas of muscle and blood covered her rotten features. As she turned, her mouth fell open. She let out a loud, guttural cry which echoed through the platform. Her arms raised as she lunged for the pair. 
the man stumbled back, falling onto his backside and staggering to his feet, running back to his girlfriend, shielding her from the grotesque sight. Shanice lunged back against the wall as the woman cried maniacally, her sobs piercing the ears of onlookers before she disappeared in front of them. The platform fell silent. Just the sound of the trio's beating hearts filled their ears. They shared a look, shocked terrified and concerned. As they were about to speak, the words getting caught in their throats, the platform was filled with the sound of a train that was burst through the tunnel, the screeching of the brakes like nails down a blackboard. The doors opened with a loud swoosh and a familiar voice of the announcer telling passengers to mind the gap fill the air. The trio shared one last look as they entered the train, the door closing behind them, and the train trundled to a start, disappearing through the darkness, leaving the platform empty. The tales of the crying woman of King's Cross Station have been told for years as different sightings of the distraught spectre have been seen in different parts of the station. She is seen in the underground but is also seen and heard in the main station. It is said that in 1987, during a busy commute, a passenger innocently dropped a lit match following lighting a cigarette. The match happened to land on a pool of grease which had built up at the bottom of the escalator which led to the main station, igniting causing a large wall of flames to erupt through the station. As police and fire crews fought to douse the flames, it is thought that 31 people lost their lives and more than 100 people were injured in the horrendous fire that gutted the underground station. Following its refurbishment, tales of the haunting woman have been told. It is thought that she is one of the unfortunate victims of the fire which ripped through the station on that fateful day. So next time you go to King's Cross Station, be sure to be on the lookout for the wailing woman you may hear as you get on your train, or who knows, she may show herself to you. The ashen-faced girl of St. Paul's Station. Music thumped inside of his head and his feet stuck to the sticky floor as Lee went from one end of the bar to the other. The loud beat of the music erupted through his body, shaking his bones, but he loved it. The excitement of working in the bar in the heart of London at the weekends was palpable. Customers lining the large metal bar, thrusting money into his face, demanding service. People enjoying themselves, letting their hair down after a busy week working in the city. The lights of the bar danced around in time with the beat of the music, briefly illuminating the faces of the men and women in the bar. Lee loved his job. The excitement, the party atmosphere, and the money wasn't too bad either. He finished his shift at three in the morning and the loud music still ringing in his ears, he left the bar into the wet street. The light from the street lamps dancing off the water on the ground. The streets were quiet. The revelers had given up and gone home succumbing to their tiredness. He put his headphones on his head and the large earphones covering his ear and zipped up his grey hoodie tightly up to his neck. With his hands in his pockets he walked towards the underground station to catch one of the last late night trains. If he missed this one he would have had to crash at a friend's house he thought to himself as he quickened his pace. After 10 minutes of walking the wet quiet streets he reached the entrance to the underground station. A security guard waited at the gate and was about to pull down the shutter when Lee caught his attention and jogged under the gate. He thanked the security guard as he jogged down the tile steps, leaving wet footprints and the rubber from his shoes squeaking, echoing through the station. The song playing from his phone was upbeat and loud, causing Lee to bob his head as he waited on the platform for the train to arrive. 
As he enjoyed the music, he watched a small mouse sneak out from beneath the platform, climbing over the metal tracks and down in between the rails and began to nibble at the remnants of what Lee assumed to be a burger, but suit and mould had made it unrecognisable. The mouse tried to pull the large mouldy substance away from the dusty resting place, but it was too heavy for the small creature to carry. Lee smiled at the determination of the small mouse with a pang of guilt tugged at his heart that he could not help the small creature. After a short while, the mouse gave up and scrambled onto the metal rail scuttling along it, its small feet creating a light pinging noise as it scurried along the tunnel. Lee watched as the mouse stopped in its tracks and looked up from the tunnel as large lights filled the darkness. The mouse bounded off the rails and squeezed into a small hole in the wall, disappearing just in time for the train to arrive and stop at the platform, the doors opening slowly. Lee stepped into the train. The music from his phone had turned to a slow melody, which relaxed him as he sat on the dirty blue chair, his back resting on the equally dirty backrest. But he was too tired to care and leaned his head against the dirty window, staring up at the strip lighting on the train, his eyes flickering open and closed as tiredness tried to engulf him. He fought with every fibre of his being to stave off sleep as it clawed at his body, like a demon pulling him to hell. He lifted his head and rubbed his face and taking in a deep breath. He took his phone out of his pocket and unlocked it. The album cover of the band he was listening to flashed up on the screen, a large skeleton wrapped in chains standing in front of a large wall of fire. He looked up to the chair opposite him and noticed someone was sitting there. He thought it was strange that the person would sit opposite him when the carriage was empty. He looked up and down the carriage just to confirm there was no one else on the train and looked back at the girl. She hung her head looking down at her feet. She had long straight black hair which fell onto her shoulders and wore a white top and black jeans. Her hair fell over her face, making it difficult for Lee to see her eyes, but he could make out her nose, which seemed to poke out from beneath the dark tendrils which covered her features. Apprehension filled Lee as he looked at the strange sight in front of him. As the train started to slow as it pulled into St. Paul's Station, this was not his stop, but he stood up and moved to another chair, unnerved. Lee sat down as the doors closed and the train started again and moved off into the tunnel. Before the darkness of the tunnel engulfed the train, Lee took one last look at the strange girl who was still staring at the floor in the chair in front of where he was sat. As the darkness of the tunnel filled the train, lights from the tunnel flickering creating a strobe effect in the carriage, Lee noticed the girl had disappeared from her previous spot but had reappeared in the chair opposite him again, still staring at the floor, her long hair covering her face. Suddenly, the lights inside the carriage burst to life casting the carriage into a bright white light and he noticed the girl was gone. He was alone in the carriage, as he rubbed his face convinced that it was tiredness which caused the strange occurrence. The train pulled into the next station, the words bank appeared on the tiled wall inside the famous underground logo. Lee jumped up as the train stopped and left the carriage onto the platform and turned back to see the empty carriage trundle off into the tunnel as he was left alone on the platform before leaving the station. He slept well that night, forgetting about the strange occurrence that happened on the train, convinced it was just tiredness and he didn't want to think about it again. His day was spent by visiting the gym and resting before his shift at the bar that night, which he'd been looking forward to. Saturday nights were always the best nights as people were a lot more relaxed and it was busier. Five o'clock crept around and Lee arrived at the bar to start his shift. 
The bar was busy already with people watching a football match on TV, England playing Spain in a friendly match. Lots of customers wore England shirts and were shouting profanities at the TV, which made Lee laugh that people could get so passionate about a sport. The shift went quickly and the bar was full of energy from the customers and everyone was in high spirits. The music is on point tonight, Lee told one of his colleagues as they had a moment of downtime. He mentioned to his friend about the strange girl on the train the night before and they discussed it. They said it was a bit weird, but it was probably nothing. The rest of the shift went quickly without any problems and Lee finished his shift at 3am. The streets were a little bit more full this time as revelers staggered home. The lights from the fast food restaurants beckoning them like moths to a flame. Lee made his way to the underground station, greeted the security guard as he stood guard at the entrance ready to close down the station. Down the tile steps and along the winding corridor onto the platform and he was lucky that the train had just arrived and he hopped onto the carriage and took a seat. He took out his phone and started to play a video. A video was of a man doing tricks on a skateboard and jumping down stairs and over rails. The music playing was loud in his ears. The train trundled to a start, causing Lee to sway slightly. As he watched the video, he constantly kept looking over his phone, hoping not to see the creepy girl again. Nothing. Lee let out a sigh of relief and got comfy on the chair as he continued to watch the video. The train clattered along the tracks and entered a tunnel, and the lights from the carriage began to flicker, and Lee looked up from his phone to see the girl sitting in the chair opposite him, her long black hair covering her face, just the tip of her nose visible through the vine-like hair. He let out a yelp of surprise as the girl appeared, his voice cracked as he asked the girl if she was okay. Through the flickering of the light, he noticed that the girl slowly began to raise her head. He was just able to make out her pale eyes through her hair. As the train pulled into St. Paul's Station, the lights from the carriage flickered again and the spectre disappeared, as if someone turned off a TV. Lee jumped up and ran along the carriage to the dividing doors, where there was a couple sitting next to each other, cuddling. Like a madman, Lee started to regale the pair with what he saw, explaining the strange spectre's appearance, that he had seen her the night before. One of the men in the couple stood up and went over to where Lee was sitting and to have a look at what he was talking about, but was unable to find or see anything. He returned to Lee and told him that perhaps he imagined it. Lee placed his hands on his head, trying to work out if he had imagined the image or not, but he was convinced that he didn't. The train pulled into Bank Station and Lee disembarked and made his way up the tiled steps and onto the street, into the cold night. The next day, Lee was filled with apprehension about going to work that night, as he was scared that he would come face to face with a girl again on his way home, but he had no choice but to get the train home. As the day went on, he started to forget about the spectre and he went to work. The shift was another easy one and it went quickly, ending at 3am and Lee made his way to the underground. As he approached the security guard, he gave a nervous smile and the security guard nodded back. Lee started down the stairs and stopped. He turned back and went to the security guard and asked nervously if anyone had reported seeing this girl on the train. The guard said he had not and gave Lee a very strange look, closing the gate behind them. Lee nodded and made his way along the corridor and onto the platform. Again the train was waiting for him and he hopped on. The carriage was empty again and a pang of nerves tugged at his heart as he sat down on the chair. 
The train chugged to a start and disappeared into the dark tunnel. As the train powered through the darkness, the lights began to flicker, as they had done all weekend, and as if on cue, the girl appeared in front of him, her head pointed at the floor, her hair flowing over her face. Lee jumped up and asked what the spectre wanted. She slowly raised her head, this time fully, and her hair parted to show her grey, ashen skin. Pale eyes peered into Lee's soul, and her blackened lips slowly opened. A low, guttural growl emanated from her throat as she stood up, reaching for him. As the train pulled into St. Paul's Station, the spectre disappeared. Lee was terrified, leaning against the wall of the train, shaking, tears building up in his eyes. The train started again and entered another tunnel, plunging the train into darkness. Lee managed to pull himself onto the chair as the lights flickered away. He saw a figure standing at the end of the train. He jumped up to his feet and noticed the girl hanging her head, her hair covering her face again. Lee staggered back from the spectre as it charged along the carriage with one arm outstretched, the same guttural growl erupting from her mouth. Lee screamed. The train pulled into Bank Station and the carriage was filled with a bright light from the station and from the platform. As the spectre reached Lee, who was now cowering on the floor, she disappeared. The train stopped and the doors slid open. Lee jumped to his feet and threw himself out of the door, landing on his backside and crawled towards the wall of the platform, staring at the train. He watched as the doors closed and the train started along the tracks, and the spectre was standing in the centre of the carriage, her head hanging and her hair covering her face. The sighting of the girl with the ashen face at St Paul's Station is said to have been seen over a period of four consecutive nights and was not reported again following her initial sighting, but it is said she appeared when the train pulled into St Paul's Station. Thank you so much for listening to these original tales from the London Underground. If you've missed an episode of Eerie Earth, be sure to subscribe to Midnight.fm to gain access to the archives and catch up on any of my episodes. Thank you again for listening. Bye-bye for now.